Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast this morning. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad you're with us whenever it is you're with us. We'll be in Hebrews chapter 4, just beginning this fourth chapter of Hebrews today. And I hope that you'd get your Bibles and follow along with us. Uh, it's been a great uh, teaching session Uh all the way through the first three chapters, and I'm just excited about learning God's Word now as He's brought us back to faith and the cross and that alone. And now that's the place we see. That's the place we uh, <coughs> experience what the Holy Spirit can show us through the blood. It's where our eyes came open. The old song we used to sing at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. We might as well add another a line there that says the only place through which we see the light of God's Word, and His name is Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. And uh, it's a beautiful day in here in the piney woods of northeast Texas. going to be 80 or higher today, and uh, just excited about that. And uh, what a wonderful time we had yesterday in the house of the Lord here at Crossway Church. Uh, uh, many of you probably live in this area the doors are wide open for you to come and be a part of a, of a local church preaching the message of the cross. From Genesis to Revelation, all the words of God bleed red. Hallelujah. If they don't, you can't see them. You can't really understand them. I, I've asked my wife, Robin, many times what you know questions such as, what does the woman with the issue of blood have to do with me today? How, how, how can the Holy Spirit apply some truth to me today in experience of the woman with the issue of blood or any of the other stories we read about? It's through my faith in the sacrifice of Christ. There's where the application of God's Word, all of God's Word, will be applied to my life or it will be me trying to apply it myself. So, praise the Lord. Let's look at this first verse in this fourth chapter. And uh, as we begin this morning, I just have to believe that as our focus is on Christ and what He did at Calvary, I just have to believe that the Lord is faithful to heal and to deliver and to open the blinded eyes and the deaf ears and to, and to bring us away from that which has been stealing from us. False ways, false ways of thinking and false objects of faith. I have to believe that today is the day we and many more will hear from the Lord and, and not only come out of the faults and back to the light, the path of His righteousness, but also begin to proclaim these great truths that we have in Christ through faith in the blood that He shed. And people will be healed and delivered and set free and find their, the place and calling and an active experiential role in ministry. For we're all called to walk in a place of experiential ministry to some degree in some way, and I'm thankful for that. Verse 1, chapter 4, Let us therefore fear, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. This is written to Christians. You've got to get that down first. If you, if you miss that, then it's because somebody's trying to get you to believe 
that this is written to uh, uh, someone other than born again Christians. This is the, the, uh, the natural man, the lost man, the the unsaved, unborn, not born again man. He can't understand the word. All he can understand is I, I'm a sinner and I need to repent and accept Christ as Savior. Till that happens. He, he can do what he wants to with the Word of God, but it'll just be that. It won't be what the Holy Spirit does with the Word of God. And it has to be that. It has to be the Holy Spirit doing what's done with the Word of God. Do, do we understand that? I hope we do. So it's, if, you, listen, if you're listening to somebody telling you this is not to Christians, then you're listening to somebody who has got a whole lot of other things wrong in the new covenant. He says, let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. The ones he's writing to, don't come short of entering into this rest. Now, the rest we've entered into, we'll see it in this chapter, is simply by believing in Christ. But that believing in Christ must be a belief from the heart, not just words to go along with everybody else. Not just it can't just be words out of my mouth. It's it's got to be a heart belief. And, and so many have said words, and Jesus even confronted those that had the right words to say. You 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 honor me. You draw near me with your lips, but your hearts are far away. We got to be careful that to make sure our hearts. Our hearts. We're not cows and horses and animals. We, we can stop, take a moment. Am I really believing in the heart? What I'm saying with my lips. If I'm not, I can repent and I can repent and turn and go the other way through faith in Christ. And we need to understand that. So let us therefore fear us, you, you and me, fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Make no mistake about it. Let me, let, let me, let me get something right quick. Let, make, make no mistake about it. Uh, anybody can come short of the glory of God. That's that DVD thing again, trying to make it there and making all that noise. Forgive me, I'm sorry. Anybody, and, and again, don't, don't listen to those folks that say, once you're in, you can't ever come short of it again. There were, there, there, when you see the word here that says, let us, therefore, that means you've got to go back to see what for is he talking about. And he just in chapter 3 gets through talking about God's people that fail in the wilderness in unbelief. Now, it was far more than... The, the one-time unbelief of we can't take the land. You need to hear this this morning. It wasn't just an unbelief in God couldn't give them the promised land. It says, you go back and read chapter 3, it says they never knew his ways. They never learned his ways. That, that, that doesn't mean they never heard the instruction of God. It means they rebelled. And in that third chapter, he tells us not to let our hearts be hardened as in the day of provocation. That word provocation means rebellion. 
It was far more than God can't give us the land. They didn't believe God at all. They didn't believe. In chapter 3, he says, they never learned my ways. They always, it says, always erred in their hearts. That's our example. That's what we're to fear. I mean, we're not scared of God. We fear. Let us, therefore, fear. That don't happen to us. It can. You can die in the wilderness. And don't think for a minute that those people who died in the wilderness made it into heaven one day. Again, it wasn't not just that they didn't believe God could get them into the promised land. That was bad enough. They always erred in their heart. They never would trust God. So they, they just really, even after all they'd seen God do in Egypt, these are the people that watched with their own human eyes, which proves to us it don't matter how many miracles you see, the heart can do anything it, it chooses to do. You, you, you can ask God for a miracle. He can show you the miracle, give you the miracle, and then later you can say, I don't have time for God. They saw with their eyes all those mind-blowing things that God did to Egypt and didn't lay one finger on them. They saw how God passed over them because blood was on their doorpost. They knew what to believe in they knew what to believe. Come on now, church. The church knows what to believe in. Now they've left it. They've left it. They're, they've fallen into a place of unbelief. That's why we have this letter of Hebrews, one of the reasons not to just show the supremacy of Christ over angels and Moses and everything else that he has created, but to show us that we, if we're not careful, if we don't fear, we can come short of a promise that's been left to us today. God's people fell in the wilderness in unbelief. You can't tell me back in Numbers chapters 14 through 16, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram that rose up against Aaron and Moses that they went on to at least they went on to heaven. They just no, no, they didn't make it, my friend. They didn't make it. I know God not going to open the earth up and just swallow them in judgment. That's not going to happen. Those people never learned God's ways. It doesn't mean they didn't hear the instruction. How many Christians is that today? They're not walking in obedience to God's word and they're even hearing preachers tell them, the Bible says you're supposed to be found walking in this area, this area, these areas, not to be saved, but because you are already saved. And yet they sat there and say, we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to give. You, don't have, you really don't have to study. You don't, man, we're free. We've been a little bit. Blah, 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 blah. You better fear. That word fear means really what it means is that you've got the promise in one hand and you're weighing that against, you're weighing the promise that you have access to every day through faith in Christ and Him crucified, you're weighing all that against the, the, the negative things that will happen if I don't believe today, if I, if I do harden my heart, 
If I allow my heart to be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, I, I, you weigh these things out, you value. That's what fear means. Let us therefore fear lest this promise offered to us, we come short of God's not going to come short of God's put it out there before you. 24 years ago, the message of the cross began to infiltrate the church again. And some people look at me today and say, what do you mean? That's all. It's always been about the message of the cross. They have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. It has always been about the message of the cross to get people saved, but then we leave it immediately. It's the message of the cross has come back into the church now as far as being the focus of your life, the focus of your faith, the, the focus in, of God's Word from Genesis to Revelation, the focus of all things, that which gives us focus, that which not only saved us but keeps us and keeps us on the path of righteousness. We need to hear this today. The church today, to, the church today, here's the message of the cross they don't want it. They want what Israel of old wanted. They just send a prophet to tell me good things about my life and how God's going to bless me and do all these things. And Y'all know what I'm talking about. Let us therefore fear. This New Testament. Church today says we don't have to fear anything. The Bible says you better be fearing. You better be fearing. You better live in a place of fear. That means constantly weighing that means constantly knowing there's a judgment seat of Christ coming or constantly knowing I can fall away, throw it all away. I can come short of the promise of entering, entering into His rest. I can come short of that and, 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 and there be a great white throne judgment there waiting. <coughs> we need to understand these things. Let us therefore fear lest a promise that's been left to us of entering into his rest, any of you seem to come short of it. If you couldn't come short of it, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't need, you and I wouldn't need to be told we could come short, become short of it. And we hear that right there, and that's where uh, the trembling of heart, and the Lord's been saying that to me for a little while now, the trembling of heart begins to take place when I see certain things in the Word of God. And that's what I believe has caused the false doctrines to appear to take away the trembling of heart. To take away, I really don't have to fear because it's settled for me. I'm, it's over. I, I, I mean, it's not even a choice anymore. I, I, I don't even have to make it. Man, I made one choice one time. No matter what I do, I'm in. That's not what the Bible teaches. God didn't show up to Israel and say, when I bring you out of here, when I bring you out. Now notice this. Israel, in the bondage of the Egyptians, were already God's people. They were already God's people. The story of the exodus out of Egypt was not of God making a people His own. They were already His people. The story of His people coming out of Egypt was a story of deliverance. For God's people. That's what happened to me when the message of the cross came. That's what happened to the Israelites in Egypt when the blood, the message of the cross came, was put on the doorpost. God passed over them, killed all the firstborn of Israel, and marched them out of there. Hallelujah. It was the deliverance. If you're listening to me and you're already a Christian, what you need now is deliverance. 
Deli daily deliverance. It's called sanctification. Daily deliverance. From what? Myself. I've already been delivered from a destiny of hell and separation from God. I've already been delivered from the grip of, uh, of death that Satan used to have the power of. Now I'm being delivered daily from myself. I'm being delivered from things I believed in that were wrong objects of faith. I'm being delivered now. If, if my faith is still in the blood. If it's not, then I've turned away. I've moved away. I've removed myself from the Lord. Galatians 1 and 6 and chapters chapter 5, 1 through 4 in Galatians. I've fallen from grace. I've, I've uh, moved away from Him. I'm walking in a place where I'm saying the name of Jesus, singing the praises of Jesus, but He's having no effect on me. He's not profiting me because I'm trusting now in what I eat or the day that I do this or the day I don't do that. And I've moved back under the law and, and, and the Lord doesn't work under the law. He just calls us out from under the law through what he did himself at the cross. Hallelujah. So don't come short of entering into that rest. And, and we have entered into that rest spiritually we, because we've believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you, you have been told in this third chapter before this, you've got to hold this confidence, this faith. You've got to keep this faith. Can't nobody steal the faith from you. you. You need to understand that. Can't nobody steal the faith. Can't nobody pluck you out of the hand of God. But you're a, still a free moral agent. You get to choose. If you didn't get to choose, we wouldn't have to be told the things we're being told in the new covenant. Let us therefore fear. I wouldn't need to be told to fear if I didn't still have a choice to fear or not to fear. The Israelites, God's people in the wilderness fell dead. They were already a people of God, saved by the blood, delivered by the blood out of Egypt. But yet, after all they'd seen, all they'd experienced, they, they, they just stopped believing God. They stopped believing God. They never learned His ways. They always erred in their heart. Please, child of God, don't make excuses for things that are not right in your life. It's your choice. It's your choice. You may not can help walking with a limp. You may not can help the financial, the job. But what you choose to do every day is just that. It's what you choose to believe. You choose what you'll believe. And you get to choose to believe the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, is able not only to save you from your sins, but to bring the grace of God into your life, which is you allowing Him through faith in the blood to work in your life to bring about His will in your life. Let us, therefore, fear. You're being told to fear. You're being told to value the promises of God, the promise of entering into His rest. You're being told to weigh that against losing that. You're, you and I are being told to weigh, weigh those things. Weigh the promise you have of entering into His rest today 
against allowing yourself to make excuses and just to really to do what you feel and, and how you feel and live on your own terms and, and make excuses using the word mercy uh, all the time for your disobedience. Just mercy and mercy and disobedience and mercy. And it's really a cycle of religion. But mercy is what you see and receive that brings you out of where you are. And grace does not cover sin. Grace forgives you of sin because grace is God doing something in your life. Grace is, is what you're saved by. God in Christ at Calvary saved you. Grace is what you're learning. Grace is you overcoming, learning to abstain from sin, not point out sin in everybody else's life while you sit on your couch on Sunday morning Grace is not you pointing out the sin of everybody else while you're living a life and you're to blame for other people's excuses and why they're not worshiping, why they're not living, why they're not walking in obedience to God's Word. Many times today Christians use that word mercy in their disobedient lives. Like there's some mystical, magical something happened. No, God expects you to repent, my friend. God expects us all, when we're going the wrong way, to repent. I saw a cute little thing, really a, a, a thought of reality on Facebook a couple of days ago. Said if Walmart, you know, if the church is more dangerous to you than Walmart, that's a hard issue. That's a hard issue. Oh, in this time, these troubling times, well, uh, the church, is, it's, it's too dangerous for me to go to church. But Walmart's a safer place than church. It's a hard issue, my friend. It's a hard issue. It is a hard issue. And we need to repent. We need to repent for living for God on our own terms. This is how we'll do it, and we'll stamp Jesus on it. Mercy! That's religion. When we're drawing from God's mercy, living by God's grace, we're moving forward in a place where there's fruit and others see the fruit according to God's terms, God's word, not ours. I don't want you coming short of it. I don't want you coming short of it. And remember, Jesus said, it's not who calls me Lord, it's those that do the will of the Father who's going to enter into heaven. So it's not about what we say with our lips, it's about what we believe in our hearts. And when we're believing the right thing in our hearts, our lives are going to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit to show that. A lot of people do this. They're still weighing what they're doing. Christians, I'm talking, they do this to try to make up for this they're not doing. And they want everybody to see them doing this. And maybe when they when everybody sees what they're not doing they're supposed to be doing, that they will weigh it like they're weighing it. We don't, God doesn't weigh that like that. God sees either obedience or disobedience. Our faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. We're growing and we're coming more obedient, not less, not more excuses. I don't want you coming short of it. I don't want you sit at home quoting things like, like the Jewish people did when Jesus showed, we're Abraham's kids. It don't matter. That's all that matters. We, we, Paul said, all Israel's not Israel. Just because you're Abraham's lineage does not mean you're going to heaven. 
Just because you've sat on a pew 40 years does not mean you're going to heaven. Just because you're at home touting off God's mercy, God's mercy, God's mercy, but there's no fruit in your life. I love what Brother Larson said at camp meeting. If you is what you was, you ain't. <laughs> that tickled me. If you is what you was, you ain't. And, and listen, if you're not what you used to be, where are you today? Where are you today? Fruit never has to be dug far. Fruit is on the limb. We're branches. The fruit is on the branch or it's not on the branch. Just being serious with you today. Why? Why are you being so serious, Pastor Curtis? Because it's a serious matter. Let us therefore fear. Lest this promise that's been left to us of entering into his rest, any of you, any of us, should come short of it. Because, verse 2, unto us was the gospel preached. You see, the entrance into this rest is the gospel. The continuance into this rest is the gospel. It's the gospel. It's not just the way in. It's the way through this old journey that we're, that we're in, to run this race we're in. To, it's, it's the faith of the gospel we keep to the end, not, the, not, 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 not nothing else. I got, there are people right now think it's sin to eat something or not to eat something. They're still trying to... They, and they use the excuse that because of what Jesus did, now we can go back and do the things required of Jews to do. You'll never do it. You're still a failure if you're trying to keep the law. Jesus is the only one that kept the law and the only way for it to be fulfilled in your life is not by eating or not eating. It's by walking after the Spirit so that the righteousness of the law, that which Jesus has already fulfilled, and He has become the end. He has become the end, the end of the law for righteousness. Well, so many people need to hear that today, and I know it's, it's helping. It's taken a little while. It's, it, I mean, recently we received a message from a lady that I've known for many years that, that, that told me, and I've heard this many times through the last 15, 16 years, that I was so frustrated with you, always talking about the cross. But eventually the Lord was able to pierce through that heart. A man told me, this has been several years ago, he sent me a message asking for counsel about a place. He was going to church. I don't remember where he was from. I don't remember anything. I don't even remember his name. But he asked me to give him counsel, told me what was going on in the church, and I told him, after he told me what was going on in that church, told him he need to talk to the pastor about that, take scripture to him, show, show him why these things are unbiblical, and if he don't listen to him, he needs to get out. He needs to get out. About three years later, no, it was one year later, sent me a message back again. Never heard from him again after I gave him counsel. You know, if you don't get the counsel, you, you think you won't, you just, that's it. You, well, about a year later, he sends a message back and says, Brother Curtis, I should have listened a year ago. I have gone through, my family has suffered, marriage has suffered. I have suffered so much because I chose to stay in that when I knew things were wrong. There, and let me say something to you today. There are millions in that boat right now. 
They've heard the message of the cross. They know it's right. They know that's what they should be hearing. They know they should be planted in a church like that. And as long as they stay where they are, valuing some denomination, which ain't nothing but men, nothing but of men. I'm not saying that God can't move in those places. He can if the message is right, if they're pointing to Calvary. But I'm talking about people who value that name, that, 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 that's always been their church, that's their family church, grandmama, great-grandmama. They could never imagine leaving even if false doctrine is there. And they know it because that's their church. That's, that's religion. That's, that's men just serving men and, and men and men's psychology and men's answer and men striving not to keep the faith of the gospel but striving to keep the, the, the family name in a building. America is full of that, probably the whole world. And we're to be found striving together for the faith of the gospel so that we can exhort one another while it is today and provoke each other unto, uh, unto love and good works, which is a continuation, Jesus said, of just believing on the one God sent. Hallelujah so that we can make sure that we don't forfeit the promise. We don't come short of it. We finish the race. Don't come short of the finish line. Finish the race. Many fell in the wilderness on the way to the promised land. They didn't make it. They not only didn't make it to the promised land, they didn't make it to heaven because they never trusted God. Again, as I close today, it was far more than them just not believing God was able to give them the promised land. You got to see how God sees this, and I got to say this before I close today. When there's a promise there from God, that means he, it's been offered to you. God says, the promised land is yours. I've given it to you. Go and spy out what I've given you. It's yours. Ten spies out of the 12 come back and say, we can't have it. Now, God hears that in a different lineup of words. Men say, I can't. God says, you're calling me a liar. I won't say that again. I know I'm going over a little bit, but I have to. We say, I just can't have the promises. Well, maybe God ain't going, God's not offering me this salvation. God's not offering me this rest. I see they've got it. You know, you know, the ten spies come back and their testimony was that God was a liar. That was that's the what that's what God hears because God hears from the heart more than the lips. And when they said, we can't take the land, they're bigger than us. They're already said, I'm giving it to you. It's yours. Go look, spy it out. See what I've given you. When they come back and said, we can't take it. We can't have it. That's beyond our reach. To God, those words were, God, you're a liar. When we're not trusting God, I'm not being ugly this morning, but God sees unbelief as rebellion, and rebellion, the Bible says, is as the sin of witchcraft, because hear me, you may not be trusting God to experience what He's promised, but you're trusting some, another voice. Another vo That's witchcraft. 
what God has promised us, what God has left us is an opportunity to enter in each day of our lives into His rest through belief in the Son of God that He sent, Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary. I hope this session has been a blessing to you today. I I hope that you've gleaned something from this session. I hope that there's been a trembling in our hearts today that we won't write off. We won't write it off. We will learn to walk in a place where our hearts tremble before God. Isaiah prophesied and said, that's the man the Lord looks upon, the one who's contrite and lowly of spirit and his heart trembles at the Word of God. He doesn't change the translation. He doesn't change the the wording. He doesn't change uh, the mindset. He doesn't change the Word because his heart trembles. He doesn't bring, bring in something fleshly to take away the trembling, but the trembling is that which allows God to look upon us. And the psalmist said that he guides us with his eye. He guides us with His eye as He's able to look upon us as our hearts tremble at His Word. As we fear, we weigh in the balance what God has offered versus what will happen if we make up things with a heart of rebellion to diminish what He's offered to us, that great promise we have in Christ Jesus of rest. Hallelujah. Not on some seventh day of the week, but in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. Be sure and join us every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page or the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. Don't forget to sow into the ministry to help the voice of truth go out all across the land. God bless you, soldiers of the cross. You can donate at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word give to the number 903-231-5950. I pray God bless you in a way today that you will remember for many days of your life. He loves you, he's after you, and he wants you to fear lest the promise of entering into his rest, you come short of it. Don't come short of anything God's offered you. And remember, today is all you have. Today is all you have. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.